0: We have just crossed the climax of 2020. That's right, the election is over, and we are welcoming a new administration to the Oval Office. But what does that mean for education, in particular, our health and physical educators? Well, with Carly Wright and Karen Johnson, our Shape America advocacy team, they're here to give us the information we need to know as our government transitions to new leadership and information we need to know to move forward in our work. Welcome to episode 131 of the Shape America podcast, starting now. What is up and how are you? This is Sean Nevels, project director and host for the Shape America podcast. To our listeners, please make sure you take time your day to have a mindful minute. A Mindful Men is one of several activities shared by Shape America's Health Moves Minds service learning program that offers lessons, activities, and community-building ideas to help students live their best lives. So to start today's conversation, let's reflect on a few big events of 2020. Now, mind you, these are ones that I handpicked and I chose for this podcast. Starting with this one, somehow, for my football fans, somehow the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl, entanglement became a new Facebook relationship status, and a prince ghosted the royal family. Now, on a deeper note in our society and in political uh, systems here and the challenges, we face an impeachment, our economy tanked, the stock market crashed, businesses and schools closed, people lost jobs, Citizens in the streets screamed Black Lives Matter, and a pandemic which brought all of this on us. All of that leading into an election, which brings us here today. Today's conversation is to offer healing, a word we have just recently started to hear post-election. We are here to offer healing by giving our listeners the opportunity to understand what to look forward to in education, how Shape is here to support you all in that move forward and what information you need to move forward and to heal. So, today on the podcast, I have Carly Wright, Vice President of Advocacy and Equity, Diversity and Inclusion with Shape America. And we also have on Karen Johnson, Advocacy Consultant with Shape America. How are you two doing today?
1: Well, hi Sean. It's awesome to be here. What a what an awesome intro. And and we're excited to to chat. One of our favorite topics, right, Karen?
2: Always, Carly. Hi, Sean. Hi, Carly.
0: Hello, hello. I'll go ahead and give you both the opportunity to introduce yourself real quick before we get into our conversation. Carly, starting with you.
1: Sure. Well, um, happy to be here. Uh, great, great intro already from you, Sean, so I appreciate it. But for, for those of you out there, my hashtag SHAPE crew and my, my speak out day friends, um, great to to come and ha- have community with you over the airwaves of our SHAPE podcast. So happy to be here.
0: And just a quick note, Charlie, uh, excuse me, Carly is my immediate uh, supervisor, so I will be on my best behavior today. <laughs> Uh, Karen, Karen Johnson, tell us about yourself.
2: Well, Carly's my immediate supervisor, too, so you (laughs) and I are in the same boat.
1: No pressure, guys.
2: Right, no pressure. So I have had the very good fortune of working with Shape America for about a decade doing uh, lobbying and advocacy and first joined the organization to help elevate health and physical education within federal education law and Carly and I spent some lonely afternoons in the hallways of the United States Congress knocking on doors. Um, and we were always happy to have our members for Speak Out Day, but we did it. And now we don't have to talk about elevating health, physical education anymore because Congress has finally recognized its importance. And you know, this administration, I think, or this incoming administration is going to as well.
0: Such a true statement there, Karen, such a true statement about the importance of health now that we see that we're in this pandemic and dealing with certain issues. So you kind of went into it. So let's let's talk about that. We, we now know, you know, this is this is the Tuesday we're recording Tuesday after the election. And we know that the Biden administration is headed, it's making its way into the White House, Joe Biden being the president, Kamala Harris um, being the vice president. Tell us, what does that mean for education?
2: Well, Sean, let me get out my magic eight ball here. (laughs) Um, I think the magic eight ball is telling me that it's going to mean good things for education, and especially in the health sector. I don't think it's a coincidence that their very first um, official activity as president-elect and vice president-elect was initi- it was uh, announcing the COVID task force. It's so important that we keep our students and faculty and staff safe and healthy, and schools are a huge component in this task force. So I was very, very pleased to see that they were addressed in yesterday's briefing. And I think we can expect more of the same. I mean, their, their campaign statement on education one of the things that many of our members may remember is that the Biden campaign um, called for tripling Title I funds for schools. We don't cash those checks yet because as anybody who goes to speak out day knows that the president's budget is a suggestion and that Congress has to um, appropriate those funds but still I think it's a very good sign about how seriously this incoming administration is um, taking the needs of our low-income students and the schools in low-income areas. Um, Additionally, they want to invest resources so students can be physically and emotionally healthy, which dovetails nicely with Health Moves Minds. Um, To that end, there are proposals to double the number of psychologists, counselors, nurses, and social workers in our schools. Also to increase funding for professional development, Carly, something that we've worked very hard um, for our members to be able to take advantage of. So that's definitely a good sign. Um, Carly, not surprising, a lot of the um, initiatives that they proposed during the campaign that we look to see in the Biden administration are from Dr. Jill Biden, our incoming um, first lady.
1: Absolutely, yes. Our our incoming first lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, the uh, current community college teacher of English. Um, so we know that, that that means education, of course, is a passion of hers, a lifelong passion. And um, teaching is something that she did as as our former second lady and, and now um, intends to continue to do um, as the incoming first lady. So that's very exciting um, to know that education overall will have that champion in the White House.
2: Yeah, and I would say the nice thing about Dr. Biden is that she spent the first part of her career as a high school teacher and um, the current part of her career at a community college just down the road from us,
1: Carly and alexandria absolutely so they they really are a family that understands the power of of public school education
2: and it's not surprising that um president elect Biden early early on during the campaign, vowed that the Secretary of education would be uh, would be an educator
0: so yeah you, you... getting to that first off if there's anything to take away about this new administration is that we're going to have a doctor that just happens to be a teacher in the white house right that is absolutely amazing so karen you kind of tapped on it there the secretary of education position that's that's important for us what where's that position going to go now
2: Well, you know, that is Washington's favorite parlor game. Lots of names are being floated for Secretary of Education, including um, John King, the former Secretary of Education, um, a number of large city superintendents. Um, Their names have been floated around. Um, The superintendent from Philadelphia, superintendent from Baltimore, um, Carly, one of one of our favorite members of Congress, uh, Johanna Hayes of Connecticut's name has been floated. Um, she's the first uh, member of Congress or first teacher to serve in Congress. So um, her name's being uh, being uh, floated around yeah. for Secretary of Education.
1: I saw that as well as another um, good friend of ours in in healthy physical education who's actually been a keynote. At uh, one of our national conventions, who's now the superintendent of uh, Boston Public Schools, Brenda Casilius, the former uh, state superintendent of education for the state of Minnesota. So, lots of names being floated out. Still, um, obviously, it, it, it's early and remains to be seen who who that will be. Um, but another thing here, that that's important, as uh, you know, the president elect's administration starts to think about about what this name is 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 the confirmation process and ensuring that you know right now we don't we don't know the makeup of the Senate yet right we know that there are, are two runoff elections in the state of Georgia that that still need to happen in January so it's important that whoever is named does have have bipartisan support isn't that right
2: That's right Carly no matter what happens in um, that special election or those two special elections in georgia it is going to be a razor razor thin margin in the senate so um, republicans are feeling pretty good about being able to weigh in on the president elect's cabinet picks while also saying that the president-elect should be able to fill his cabinet with anyone he wants to um, as long as it's agreeable to both sides of the aisle is the way I would read that. So um, yeah, so let's, we need to start looking for for names that are popping up, that would be palatable to um, Republicans in the Senate, as well as those on the Democrats wish list. Um, You know, speaking of those Georgia elections, you have one of the members, or one of the the senators is a Kelly Loeffler who is on the help committee. So, You know, even with Senator Alexander retiring, we were going to see some changes to the HELP committee. We could see lots of changes in the next Congress.
1: Absolutely. So regarding, you know, that Secretary of Education position, we will likely see someone being named sometime this this fall or winter, you know, before the end of this year. But it's important to remember that the next session of Congress that will be sworn in on what, January 3rd? Is that right, Karen? Yep, that's right. they will be the Congress that will actually vote to confirm um, the new Secretary of Education. So important important thing to remember about the process there.
2: That's right, Carly. So we're in the 116th Congress. The next Congress will be the 117th Congress. So traditionally what happens is the president-elect will start naming members of his cabinet around Thanksgiving. And, um, but even though they're named in this Congress, they will be confirmed in the next Congress. And the president will be sworn into office on January 20th. So you have a few weeks there in that new Congress when the Senate could confirm a number of um, cabinet officials. Given the condensed timeline that we have this year, highly unusual year. Why Why would the end of it be any different? Um, there's speculation that President-elect Biden will name acting secretaries so he can have those positions filled when the Trump administration leaves and the Biden administration comes in, but they'll be in an acting capacity. That's
1: great insight. Something we'll be watching closely.
0: So let's talk about the, uh, the new Congress coming up. What, what's their legislative agenda looking like?
2: Well, you know, that's a really good question, Sean. So let's just go back a week. Can you believe it's only been a week since the elections? It feels like it was six months ago. Lifetime. Uh, so the Democrats lost seats in the House and Republicans actually picked up seats in the house. So in the, on the house side, you've got really, you got a pretty thin majority for the Democrats, right? So the, the word of the day is going to be compromise on the Senate side. We still don't know what that makeup is going to be. We've had, as I mentioned before, a lot of retirements, um, on both the on both the Republican and Democrat side, notably on the Republican side, on the HELP committee is Chairman Lamar Alexander, who ushered in ESSA, among other things. But also um, Mike Enzi from Wyoming, who we've had many meetings with, right, Carly? Just real meetings, <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. Former
2: former chairman of the HELP committee. So they're they're both leaving, and then on the on the Democrat side of the health committee, you know, if you're to believe these Washington parlor games, Elizabeth Warren might want to be Secretary of Treasury and Bernie Sanders might want to be Secretary of Labor. So there might be some vacancies on that side. So that's a long way of saying we're not really sure what's going to happen legislatively um, in Congress next year. Um, Carly, we've got a lot of things that need to be reauthorized, though, right?
1: We sure do. Um, pr- pretty much any education legislation you can think of at this point, um, will need to be addressed at some point, right? Higher Education Act, um, IDEA, Individuals uh, with Disabilities Education Act, of course, is, is definitely long overdue, and then, believe it or not, we'll need to start think about, start thinking about the Every Student Succeeds Act all over again, right? well yeah
2: because that was only a four-year
1: authorization so it's actually overdue exactly exactly so it, it will be interesting to see um you know what once we know the make the makeup of the the committees you know senate health committee as well as um you know in the house where sort of agendas will start to go but even before that um of course, as we do every year, we'll have to think about appropriations. Um, and then of course, you know, COVID stim- stimulus funding and if there will be any additional um funding passed related to education. What do you what are you hearing on that front, Karen?
2: Well, the timing on your question is perfect, Carly, because the Senate just released their um FY21 appropriations package today so there's some good news and some bad news on it the good news is that title IV part a got a bump up in funding to 1.25 billion dollars that's in the senate the senate proposal um, so the bad news is though we're likely to go on a continuing resolution a cr So what that means is that funding will stay level um, and the CR is likely to go through until March of next year. And ironically, March of next year is when we start talking about FY22 funding. So that's going to be a pretty busy virtual speak out day that we're having this year, Carly.
1: No kidding. No
0: kidding. Yeah. But hot off the press news that Senate appropriations bill just released today. How do you like that, Sean? Love
1: it. Love breaking, it. We breaking love breaking news, news on the right. podcast, right? Podcast
2: breaking news. And then we can talk about stimulus. So you know, we've been talking all fall about another stimulus bill, another COVID bill, the right. CARES three, right? Um, and Congress just could not get its act together on it, so there's still an opportunity for um, the one hundred and sixteenth Congress to do something on it i mean we've, we're still seventy plus days away from the new Congress. Um, the answer is i don 't know what's going to happen on that, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that a President Biden and the 117th Congress might put together a package in the first quarter of next year. Sadly, we know that this pandemic is not going anywhere. We know that people are still hurting. We know that there's a tremendous amount of need and there are um, sectors of our economy that were left out of the other bills. to be determined, right, and to be continued.
1: Yeah, uh, and something that you know, of course, as Shape America, will be watching closely, engaging with, and ensuring that you know we we get action alerts out to the community, you know, at, as we need to along the way.
0: So let's talk more about that, Carly. What is Shape doing to prepare for this new administration and this new congressional session?
1: Yeah, great question. So we we talked a lot already about what we we think is is going to happen and, and sort of what's on the horizon um, you know we think it's important for you all to know what we're doing as the national professional organization to, to be engaged and be prepared so you know of course already we're um, looking at ways to in, engage with the incoming presidential administration engage with the transition team um, for president-elect Biden So something we'll be working on very quickly um, is is preparing a letter to the transition team to really outline our priorities for the health education and physical education space and field and community, um, to make sure that that they understand how important health educators are, physical educators are, and, and how these programs most importantly impact students. Um, you know, of course, we'll be continuing to watch the Secretary of Education process and and continue to weigh in as um, you know names continue to be floated. And um, of course, you know, once a candidate is named, um, we'll be you know we'll be sure that that we actually reach out reach out to that candidate proactively um, to send our priorities and and to really engage throughout that entire process. Um, So this is something that we're we're already doing and and, and proactively watching um, as we of course also continue to engage with our coalition partners. Um, It's important for us to stay um, very closely connected with our other national education partners. We continue to work closely of course with our uh, beloved Title IV Part A coalition. (laughs) Um, that we continue to to work with to advocate for that um, you know continued increased funding for that ESSA Title IV Part A funds. Um, We've also been working closely with a group of education partners uh, through a COVID education coalition as well. Um, So we'll continue to work together to ensure um, you know that, that we're advocating to both the incoming presidential administration as well as as members of congress Um, you know right now there are are a lot of question marks right still so so karen and i will be doing a webinar early in 2021 for all of you to really take a little bit you know deeper dive um into really our agenda for the 117th congress once we know more what happens um you know in those runoff elections in georgia once we know who our next Secretary of Education is, um, you know we'll have we'll have some more answers to those questions early next year, and we'll be able to, to give you a little bit um, a little bit more information about what, what the journey looks looks like for us in the 117th session of Congress, and then of course as Karen mentioned, we're super excited to host our first ever virtual Speak Out Day. Um, All of us are, are of course, experts in in Zoom now, so, um, you know, and Congress has been coming up to speed um, on that front as well. So in March of 2021, we'll be hosting our first ever virtual speak-out day, and as Karen mentioned, likely to be very good timing to do that, Um, you know, we'll be looking at appropriations possibly for both FY21 as well as FY22. Um, So we're really excited about that and want all of you to sort of keep an eye out for that
0: good good you know for our listeners I, I don't know about you all but this has been this has been kind of like a, a civics 101 conversation <laughs> right here you know that government law class i think we all had to take it in high school so it's great to hear it but you know our members our members during this transition particularly what they do on a day-to-day basis what can they be doing during this during this transition
2: Well, I'll jump in, Sean and Carly, if that's okay. Um, You know, a number of our members have been to Speak Out Day and they met with members of Congress and their staff. And then uh, another large segment of our membership has engaged online when we asked them to weigh in, whether it was on policy or on funding. And I would say, touch base, with your member of Congress. Whether it is someone that you met with when you were here on, uh, for Speak Out Day, or if it's a newly elected member of Congress, let them know what's going on in your school. You know, there is no, um, there's no model for a school day anymore. There's online, in-person, hybrid. Let them know what's going on. Let them know if you're getting any of this CARES Act money. You know, there are some big pots of funds that are supposed to be flowing to schools, directly to schools for in school and out of school programming. Um, Hey, if it's working, let them know. If you're not getting it, let us know and we'll help you craft a message, but stay in touch with them. The
1: other thing, Karen, that, you know, we've been pushing for, a few years now is is the importance of backyard advocacy as well, right? Um, that we we love for all of you to come to Speak Out Day, but even if you can't, there is plenty of advocacy you can do right there in, in your backyard. And you know, Karen, I know some of what you've been hearing is is uh, you know there's likely to just be an increased importance in making connections, especially on the House of Representatives side and engaging with that state and local staff. So that congressional staff that is back home where you live, you know, in your congressional district, um, they will be more important to connect with than ever. Um, So when we have the opportunity to be back in school in person, continuing, you know, to, to make those invites to members of Congress to come see what you're doing, and just to do that outreach when there are opportunities. You know, we've had members this year who have presented on, on webinars for, for um, you know, their representatives related to how schools are managing with COVID-19. So the opportunities are really endless to continue to build those relationships right there in your own backyard.
2: Excellent point, Carly.
0: For sure, that's a lot of great information. And once again, to our members, just remember to stay visible and stay tuned. We here at Shape, we got your back as we go through this transition. I want to thank Carly Wright and Karen Johnson for being on the Shape America podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. Yes, it is a it is an honor, Sean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Coming from coming from my supervisor. Hope I did well. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the podcast. And take care. Thank you to our Shape America advocacy team, Carly Wright and Karen Johnson, for that clinic in government law and civic engagement post-2020 election. If you would like more information on advocacy in the field, hop over to Shape America's advocacy page at shapeamerica.org backslash advocacy. We also dropped that link on this podcast episode page. As always, rate, review, and subscribe to the Shape America podcast. From Shape America, Joey Martelli in the background handling the tech. I am your host, Sean Nevels, on the Shape America podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. This podcast was made possible through the National Collaboration to Promote Health, Wellness, and Academic Success of School-Aged Children, a 1601 cooperative agreement with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.